let this year be the year that you live out God's purpose for your life and realize joy like never before. It is possible, and it's on the horizon. God uses many things to grow our faith. So let's take the first step together. That's today on the podcast. Hey, it's Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thank you so much for listening in to our Tower Hill podcast. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you, and we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. In this sermon series, we are talking about five ways God grows our faith, and this week, Pastor Jason talks about how practical teaching combined with timely and meaningful relationships are a big part of that. Recognizing these providential relationships can make all the difference. Let's check it out right now. We are in our second week of talking about the five things that God uses to grow your faith, and really because I think this is a nice way of entering into the idea of spiritual formation as we're starting this new year. Because, as you know, it's resolution time. How are they going? Ah, they're going all right. Listen, resolutions are great. Um, I like them because, you know, we have this desire to upgrade our lives. And so we, we are reflecting on, you know, kind of what God has for us and what the new year is going to bring. It's a nice little time of reset where we can be like, okay, I... I want to get better in this area of my life. I'm not satisfied with what's going on here. But I think what's important to do is to ask this question. Is my dissatisfaction with whatever is going on in my life? Is my dissatisfaction with work or home or finances or relationships, is that all a, a result of my circumstance? Am I just going through some bad stuff and that's why I want to upgrade? Or is it because of the me that I bring to my circumstance? Is it a me problem? For a lot of us, it's probably like a mix of circumstance and what's going on inside it up. But think about how your circumstances would change if you changed. Like in other words, if you went from having some confidence in God to complete confidence in God, it would change how your circumstances affected you. I love looking at spiritual formation this way because it helps us to understand, like, there's kind of the idea of goal setting and resolutions, which is good, but this is deeper. This is sort of like taking it and drilling it down from the inside out. Like, what's going on in your heart, in your soul? And what I've discovered is that, well, I haven't, like, discovered it. I've discovered it in my life. This is a couple thousand years ago. But what I've discovered for me is that the more I'm talking with God, the more that I'm communicating with God, the more likely the me that I bring to my circumstances is going to be better. And therefore, the things that I want to upgrade, the things that I want to see happen, the goals that I want to set all come from a place of connecting with God. And then I find myself exactly where I'm supposed to be. It's kind of like a flight plan. Do you know that, uh, I mean, technically, when you're in an airplane and they're somewhere, you know, in the air between your destination and your starting place, they don't know where they are until they connect with, isn't that comforting? With a station 
to, uh, to, re- to tell them, yeah, you are on the flight path. Like they have their flight path, but they technically don't know if they're on that path until they've checked in with that station. And the further you go between stations, the more uncertainty or the more anxiety you might have about whether or not you're on the flight plan. And I think this is true in our spiritual lives. If you go a really long time between communicating with God, you're going to have a lot of anxiety about whether or not you're on the flight plan at all. That plan that God has for you, it's hard to know you're on it if you're not connecting with him. And conversely, the more you connect with him, the more you have some certainty that, yeah, I'm, I'm on this flight path that God has for me. Talking about spiritual formation, we quoted uh, Dallas Willard last week, who's a, a really wonderful theologian. Um, he defines spiritual formation. He says there's two parts to it. One's passive and one's active. The first is based off of Jesus saying, you know, without me, you can do nothing. It's this acknowledgement that spiritual formation is something God does. It's the potter at, forming the clay. It's the clay doesn't form itself. It's God from the outside, or if you want to say from the inside out, is shaping our hearts. And that's something that we receive in that part of spiritual formation. But there's another part of spiritual formation, which is active. So if without me you can do nothing, if you kind of flip that, so the assumption is, with me you're going to do something. So if you say, if you, know, if you do nothing, it will be without me. It is both passive and active. Spiritual formation is about moving in a direction toward more Christ-likeness. And it is God himself who enables you to do that. It's this partnership, which it always is with God. It's us moving and God moving us all at the same time. And it starts really by asking this fundamental question. What would your life look like if you had complete confidence in God? What would it look like? It would probably look better. So, we get to the five things. God wants you to see this path. And God, and by the way, you know, we're not going to limit God here. God only uses five things. It's just kind of a neat way of packaging the idea. God uses infinity things, right? <laughs> But when you listen to people's faith stories, these five things keep coming up as to how they grew in their faith. So I think that there's something to it. And today we're talking about the first two because they kind of go hand in hand. Practical teaching and providential relationships. So let's talk about practical teaching. Why is this important? Well, here's the thing. If, if you're on this journey of faith, you got to get directions somehow, Right? you got to download, the, even if you're just downloading from Waze, downloading the GPS, whatever you, you got to download the direction. Unless you're like old school map road trip, which God bless you. I don't know how we ever got around. Man. Um, by the way, Waze people, if you're listening to this sermon online, I'd love to, for you to be a sponsor. Sponsor of this church. We love you. Um, so Waze... So, but you got you to download the directions. So how are you going to download the directions if you're never connected? You've got to download the directions for God. What do I mean? I mean, every day it's connecting with God. Okay, God, what do you got for me? Where do you want to send me? What do you want to do with my life? So there's like a big question as to what's the, 
big direction I'm going in. And then there's the daily, like how am I moving in that direction? Practical teaching helps us to download the directions. In other words, the eternal word of God, which has the power to transform us, must be in a language that we understand. Otherwise, it is useless. We need to be in position to receive practical teaching. That's why I tell people all the time, if you feel like you're not getting practical teaching here, go find a church where you can. It is so important to grow your faith. And the reason why we need practical teaching is because the Bible is hard to understand. Can I just say that? The Bible is hard to understand. And it's not because you're dumb. It's because it is, at its earliest, a reflection of a culture that happened 2,000 years ago. There's a lot we don't get. There's a lot we don't understand. We're so far removed from that life that there's a lot we feel like we miss. How many of you have started? Genesis 1. Let's do it this year, baby. Woo! And how many of you really ever get out of Genesis? Oh, and then you get to Leviticus. Oh, the worst. How could that be next? And you're like, oh, yeah. I'm out. Listen, the only difference between you and I is that I went to school where they showed me how to find the tools to figure it out. That's the difference. I didn't just download everything there is to know about ancient Near East culture and Second Temple Judaism and all that. No, I know where to find the experts who wrote about it. We need tools. We need help. We need practical teaching. And we get that practical teaching, hopefully from your church, from, uh, from worship, from sermons, from small groups, from Sunday school environments, all those things that we're trying to do. To get practical teaching. And the whole point of practical teaching is so that it can land in our everyday lives. The very first gift that the Holy Spirit gave to the church. Do you remember what that was? It was on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit enabled his people to speak in the languages, all different languages, of the people in Jerusalem. Why? To share, it says, to share the wonders of God in the language of the people. The first gift of the Holy Spirit was translation. Why? Because practical teaching requires translation. We've got to hear the wonders of God in our own language so we can download the directions and move accordingly. There's this great quote from Lane Jones who talks about truth, talks about practical teaching. He says, unapplied truth is like unapplied paint. It doesn't do anybody any good. The value is in the application. I hear a quote like that, I'm like, ouch. Well, Jesus also said something to that effect in Matthew 7. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Practical teaching. Incredibly important. It's been incredibly important in my life. I mean, when I first uh, came to faith, Many of you, you know my story. I, I wasn't a Christian at all. I'd never opened a Bible in my life. Somebody explained to me what Jesus did on the cross, and I said yes to it. And then I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know. I literally knew nothing else. And uh, all the uh, counselors who worked with me, they gave me practical teaching. That was the first thing they did. So they wrote on little index cards scriptures 
that would help me understand. And then I would talk with them, I'd meet up with them, and they would talk about that scripture they gave me to read. Practical teaching, right away. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, And then there was a time in my 20s when I came across a devotional Bible. I remember it was a men's devotional Bible. Now that I look back, I don't know why it necessarily was a men's devotional Bible, because it was just a devotional Bible. But anyway, it worked. And, and what a devotional Bible does, if you've never used one, is it gives you a little nugget of what's going on in the passage, has you read the passage, and then asks you questions about how to apply the paint, so to speak. How do you apply it to your everyday life? Practical teaching. That's why it's so important to be connected with a church. That's why, again, in my 20s, I was like, nah, I don't need church. Church is boring. Did I say that? No, that was my 20-year-old self. I, because I came to know Jesus, like, literally around a campfire. Where it's like, we're singing songs. We're in shorts and t-shirts. We're singing songs about Jesus. We're telling our personal journeys. We're reading scripture. And I go to church, and it's like, there's, it's nothing like that. Guess it's not for me. But the problem is then, I had nobody who was really giving me, like, practical teaching. You need that connection to get that practical teaching. That's why I still, to this day, I've, I mean, I love education. That's why I went back and got a doctor of ministry degree. All of that, because I need the practical teaching. That's why I go to conferences every year, and every pastor should go to conferences as much as they can. Pastor and staff member, if you can go to a conference, we encourage them to go. Because we need that practical teaching that God's going to keep showing us. Now, hand in hand with practical teaching is providential relationships. That just sounds cool. Providential relationships. This is the part in somebody's faith journey when they say, and then I met this girl. And then I met this girl. Boy, Jesus has like a really nice track record with people who are attracted to people coming to Jesus. You know what I mean? I like this girl and she goes to church. Yes, I go to church now. I don't care what, I, when I was doing youth ministry, I'm like, I don't care what brings you in the door. If, if it's a girl or a guy, awesome. Come on, we're so glad you're here. And then, you know, you kind of meet this person, and then he or she, you said, then they started asking me about kind of my faith journey or what God was doing in my life. And, or then I joined a, a team. Uh, maybe I became part of an outreach team in a church or a kids ministry team and I don't know and then I started meeting people and I and things started changing for me or my kids came back from this camp and they started telling me everything about God that I didn't even realize the whole idea of providential relationships is and this isn't something you can manufacture it's something God does but but it's sort of like God took somebody and plopped them right into your life at just the right time in order to grow your faith. You ever feel that? You ever feel like God just put somebody in your life at just the right time so that you would grow in your faith? That's a providential relationship. I've had a few of those too. Again, in my 20s, uh, it was uh, the guy, the friend of mine who confronted me about the fact that I didn't go to church. Man, that was rough. Oh, why'd you have to say that? He's like, uh, he was visiting from out of town. He's like, so, um, we going to church this weekend? I'm like, nope. 
he's like, oh, really? Oh, where are you going? Oh, you know, I just kind of go to a couple different places. It's like, oh, okay. So where do you usually go? Uh, well, I'm kind of in between churches right now. Okay. So let's go find a church. I'm like, what? He's like, no, let's go find a church. I'm like, like now? He's like, yeah, why not? Let's go. I needed that. I really did. I was going through a tough time. I really needed that connection. It was funny. Going back to church actually led to my first paid youth ministry job. And you're going to love the recruiting method of how they got me. So I attended this very small church near my college. The past, I was the only one under 105 years old. <laughs> and <laughs> so, <laughs> so after the service, the pastor comes up to me, introduces himself and says, do you want to run our kids program? <laughs> no wonder that church wasn't doing so well. That was a terrible, terrible idea. But, but I said, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? I did that for a little. Man, that was crazy. But the point was, and it wasn't the perfect church. And this is, something, this is so important. This is so important because we're such consumers. Church should be the place. At, listen, no church, I don't care what it is, is going to be perfect for you. It, it's it's going to have some ugly flaw Something that bothers you, this and that. It's because it's full of humans, newsflash. And we are imperfect. But it's so important that you keep trying. Keep trying to get connected. Because the Lord uses that big time. That's where, see if you're connected, you have a better shot of having a providential relationship. Because you're getting connected to do life with other Christians. So if faith is confidence in God, it is, that faith is strengthened, either strengthened or weakened through relationships. I think that's so true. It's kind of like, you know, what, what your mom said was actually true. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. One of your friends jumps off a bridge. You... I think this is true for us. It's definitely been true for me in my life. Here's what this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean get rid of all non-Christian friends. That's stupid. That would defeat the whole point of being a Christian. That's not it. It's you also must have Christians who you're friends with that you're doing life with. That's going to help you grow in your confidence in God. Today's uh, passage is really cool because it blends together these two ideas of practical teaching and providential relationships. This is a passage of when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple when he's a baby. So let's go ahead and get into that now. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord... The very firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. So let's stop right there. That comes from Exodus. What is that? It's a practical teaching. They knew how to apply that to their life 
so that when the time came to bring Jesus to the temple, they knew what to do. They were in the right place. They were on the flight plan because they were taking, you see, you see how that works? Practical teaching, understanding scripture and applying it, applying the pain so they were in the right place at the right time. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. That's from Leviticus, after I just, Leviticus. Thank you. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit. So this sounds like somebody who has downloaded the directions and is moving accordingly, right? Moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for, the, for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mar- mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So we notice what Simeon did. Simeon spoke into, reaffirmed Jesus' identity and purpose. This is what providential relationships do. They reaffirm our identity and purpose. It's like a marker in the flight path that says, yep, keep going. Yes, that which was revealed to you by the angel Mary and Joseph, yes, you are still on the flight plan. We're just confirming this is exactly where you're supposed to be. And we all need that, don't we? Is this the right way? I don't know. I thought I heard God say, we need the confirmation. Yes, keep going. Practical teaching puts us in a good position. Anybody ever coached first grade sports? If you're competitive at all, please don't coach first grade sports. I think think the last team that I coached was soccer. And it's like, oh, you want the kids to, to just to do so well. You like hurt for them. You want them to score a goal. And you tell them, look. If you literally stand right here and don't move, the ball is going to come to you and you're going to score a goal. Do they ever stand right there? No, ball. No, they're always chasing. No, and it just drives you crazy. Like you have very little hair at the end of it because you're just like, look, if you would just please listen to me. Stay there. Pretend like you're a tree and you have roots. Nope, never. Ah. This is kind of like our spiritual lives sometimes. We go without some practical teaching and, and we start chasing every problem that comes our way. 
we start chasing every, every other thing that might distract us. But if we're getting that practical teaching, it, it can put us in the right position. Like Mary and Joseph, when they are going to do the dedication for Jesus. Mary and Joseph, in obedience to God's word, took Jesus to the temple. Where they meet Simeon, who is the one that God chose to be that providential relationship. To just plop right in their life. To confirm that they were on the plan. Simeon waited for years. Not even knowing who exactly he was waiting for. That's another example of practical teaching. He, he downloaded the instructions from God and he had complete confidence that God would show up somehow. That he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. Once we're in position, God often uses providential relationships. He also uses them when we're out of position. To bring us back. But oftentimes he used that when we're in position to reaffirm for us our purpose and our identity. The first thing is he speaks to our God-defined identity. Because it's easy for us to get lost in who we think we are. Because, well, life. We have to be reminded, no, no, no. Remember who you are. Greater is the one in you than the one who is in the world. Remember who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. Yes, you make mistakes. Yes, you sin. But you are forgiven. No, no, never forget that. That's what a providential relationship will help do. To reaffirm your identity. A providential relationship will also speak to our God-defined purpose. Because we're often tempted to go off purpose. It's somebody coming to your life like, no, no, remember. Your purpose is to go do that thing. Why'd you stop? Well, you know, no, don't forget your purpose. You only know your purpose and your identity from that downloading, from connecting with God through the practical teaching. But you need people to remind you or to help course correct you if you forget. That's what providential relationships do. It's like Simeon saying, this child is going to do this and that, right? This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And then third, providential relationships push us towards God. And sometimes it feels like we're getting pushed. <laughs> right? Sometimes it feels like those people that are pushing us towards God. So that's a nice way of um, framing it because you might have somebody show up in your life that is not pushing you towards God and that's how you know and eh, this is not like a God providential relationship thing this is somebody else who just all of a sudden I'm paying a lot of attention to should be pushing you toward God here's the thing practical teaching and providential relationships they help us to see God's path more clearly if things are foggy for you, if you feel like you're stuck, maybe drilling down in these two areas. Now, again, providential relationships, you can't just be like, all right, I need one. Let's go. But if you're getting the practical teaching, again, you could be in position 
if you're doing life with other Christians, there's a good shot one of those Christians is going to be a providential relationship for you. You see what I'm saying? You can put yourself in position. Now, how will you start putting yourself in position this year? We're going to be talking a lot about this over the next few weeks. So next month, Super Bowl Sunday, or actually, I don't think I'm legally allowed to say that. The Big Game Sunday, uh, we're going to do, uh, we're going to start talking about small groups. We've trained a whole new batch of small groups. We have a whole bunch of small group leaders um, that are ready to lead small groups. So So what do I mean? All different ages and stages, different times of day, different days of week. The whole idea is to get you into a group where you're getting practical teaching and you're helping to do, working to do life together to go in the direction that God has for you. And some of them are going to be short term. Like, oh, this is going to last like during Lent or this is going to last a few weeks. And others are, it can last as long as you want it to last. But the point is this, we want to try to create opportunities for you to get unstuck in your relationship with God. 